Hello and welcome to the Ten Pence Arcade Podcast. This is me, Sean Holly, and on my left, two hundred and fifty miles away, we have Victor Marland, alias Vervik. Hello, hello. You're right. I'm not bad. Ugh. Good. Ugh. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for listening, kids. See you next week. Bye. <laughs> Sean. So, Sean, how yeah. are you? And what have you been up to, old son? I haven't talked to you for a little while. Been busy. Yeah, very busy because it's Easter holidays at the club. There's a lot going on, so lots of, you know, the school holidays. So there's lots of children running around screaming Ooh. for six up for six hours. Oh, it dear. kind of beco- it kind of becomes a you just zone it out. I never thought I could, but you just can zone it out and you don't hear it. Wow, I'm really bad with sounds. I might have uh, is it synesthesia? It's where certain sounds really wind you up to the point of wanting to kill someone. Oh, that's just. Whistling, Annoyance. beeping, people making a lot of noise, uh, mumbling, lots of noises annoy me. God. I mean, I mean, like to a point of where I want to strangle someone at work. Maybe that's just work. Mm. Hmm. Could be work. Yeah, maybe. Uh, so, what's been happening well, at Arcade Club, anyways? Have you been hiding Easter eggs like in the bottom of Defenders and stuff? God, no, we wouldn't do that, would you? Just go around the back of there, kids. Mind the monitor. <laughs> Mind at 15,000 volts. That's another child fried. Anyway. Just put me in the back, it's all right. What we've actually done on floor two, if anyone goes a lot, we've moved the pinballs out of the back room along the side wall, and we're calling it Pinball Alley or Pinball Wizard Drive or Row of Pinballs. Row of Pinballs. That sounds like the catchiest out of the three. So there's 15 pinballs down the side where the VR was, and the VR's gone in the back room, so people, it's more controlled, so people queue up to get into the VR area, instead of, a, before people were just attacking the VR person from all angles, you know, who's next, who's next, me, yeah, that's, me. That's virtually how it should be. Yeah. If, so I, had, if I had VR, I'd have virtual VR, and someone said, have you got any VR? I said, yeah, it's, it's virtually real, but it's not. Have you got any? No. I've, I've suggested getting and, rid of the yeah. That, that would help the queues, because you wouldn't have a queue for VR anymore. Problem solved. Yeah, and you wouldn't need an attendant to explain it to 50, I, I should be. I should be employed at Arcade Club as problem solver. Well, I did suggest that we replace VR with six Space Invader cabs. That would be much <laughs> better, wouldn't it? Yeah, they didn't like it. That sound, that... That shooting the mothership sound. I think it was my message tone for years. Did it really annoy everyone in your household? I still love that sound. It's so good. It is. Space Invaders sounds are so good. They're awesome. I was playing a game over the weekend, actually, that sounds a bit like Space Invaders. It's got this awesome TTL sound that you can't get anywhere else. So, mm. on that note, Sean, what we've been up to, because that yes. comes into it later on, but... On the 4th of April, way back in the 4th of April, the 16th of April today, 12 days ago, I went to pick up my 8th Subelectro Isis Cabaret cabinet. Everybody wow. knows I quite like these little cabs. I met Alex J, not our Alex, Alex J, and his lovely wife at their business office in London, where he had a neat little lineup of a Defender, a Tron, and a Star Wars. Guess what? what? Star Wars wasn't working. Surprise, surprise. Uh-huh. He also had a very nice Table Defender 2. 
Uh, Alex helped me out the door with this little cabinet, um, which is on wheels. He handily put it on wheels. And we had a hilarious reenactment of the Seinfeld Frogger episode across the main road. Oh, oh, yeah. A moped and a bus nearly took us out when we were laughing, walking across the road with this stupid cab on wheels. It was quite good. And the, the Saturday following that, which is last Saturday, no, Saturday before last, actually, I had a whole day of Victor time. It's my favourite kind of time. Oh, yeah. Uh, wife went to see a friend of hers, a couple of friends of hers, and she took the dog with her because they got dogs when they all get on and they were watching films and walk, dog walking and stuff. So she left me on my Todd, which is great because I got to go loads of stuff. So I got that new ISIS cabinet and I attacked it from all angles. Oof. Oof. Yeah. So I went mad on restoring it because it, it was in a bit of a state actually. And um, I, I took it in the house and I had lots of room without a dog hassling me to get on with stuff for a whole day it was brilliant so what i did is um i went mad at it i did lots of things to it and the other day just yesterday i took a video of everything i did so i'm going to play the audio from the video here and everyone can download the video or look at the video on youtube on the link on the website so i'll put the audio in here which tells you what i did to the cab Hello, Tom Pencers. This is uh, the latest sub-electro ISIS cab I've got. And I'll have a look around it and tell you what I've done to it since I've had it and what was wrong with it when I first had it. The first thing you can see is a sub-electro along the top. It's a nice marquee. I've replaced that because it did have uh, a scramble on it, which I'm going to use on another machine. And screen inside, it's got some Vartec Cadet glass in it, which I'm going to replace with a proper ISIS one, very similar machines. Now, panel here is completely renewed, I did all that. It did have a, a Galaxian type one on there, which wasn't very well secured, so it's one of my normal things with the ply and the thin 3mm material on top and plastic stuff. Three buttons, just a jammer, one joystick, one place to go starts. Now, this top bit here, it's completely renewed. I've rebolted that onto there because it had a big door in it with a midway coin door for some reason. And ISIS never had a proper coin door. They had a wooden door like this with mechs on. And I haven't got mechs on it. I'm just going to use them as buttons. And I've made those myself. They're ones I had in stock. New door, completely new door. As you can see, there's nothing on the back yet. It's going to be attached to the wires which are inside those orange ones there. Now, someone's had a good go at that, as you can see, once upon a time. Uh, proper connectors I've put in there for the control panel, some wiring. And these bits here, I've just hidden with some black tape. You can only just see it, because they were quite messy along the top. It looks quite neat in the tape. Some bondoing needed doing there. And the bottom door is okay. And you can see this cab is actually a black colour. Originally, they were dark brown, wood effect. Someone's painted this. You can have some holes in the side as well, which I've bondoed. I need to just smooth off and paint. So the sides aren't too bad. Well, this side's not too bad. There's a few holes down there as well. And this one has got a massive chunk out the side of it. Look at that. I have to sort of uh, bondo that and fi fix that somehow. And the bottom's a bit rough as well. You can see there's little wheels on it, which the original owner put on. It's a great idea having some wheels, especially when you're working on it. Now we get around the back, that piece is brand new, I put that on, you can see it's got a lot of 
eating away, they need fixing. So I'm going to bondo these uh, these screw holes in and just paint them over, get rid of them, make them look nice. Um, the top piece here is brand new as well. I didn't have one at all. Um, the monitor is a towy monitor. It seems to work okay. It wasn't brilliant when I first put it on, but since I've rewired the caps, the cables didn't wire properly. The ground was going to here from the monitor. So I'm sure it's grounded somewhere, otherwise it wouldn't have worked, but it wasn't working very well. There's a lot of colour bleed. So I've redone all the uh, all the connectors there, reflowed everything here and redid it because it was a really bad job, really bad job. Now the power supply is okay, seems to be okay for the monitor. And the back door is here. And there was a bit of a problem with it. Yeah, it looks like a big massive mouse has had a go at it. That had just some black tape on it. And as it was, it wasn't even fitting on the cab. So I'm gonna re remake a hole in the back door. And that is about it so far. Thanks for watching. Now, I was supposed right. to have sent that to you, but I didn't, so you haven't heard it. I haven't heard it. Okay. I'll say, God, that's good, Vic. Should I say that? Go on. And then we can e edit it. God, that's good, Vic. I love that audio that I haven't yet heard. Did he record that in outer space? Nice. Well, things left to do from that. Um, I've got a monitor cap kit for it. I have to get a monitor cap kit because the monitor was... It's now looking a lot better than it was. Presumably now it's wired up correctly because it wasn't wired up properly for some reason. And if I can't get the bleed out of the colours, which I think I have done now, depends what game I'm going to put in there, I'm going to use a decased TV because I've got two 14-inch TVs which have got a really, really nice picture on. I'll never, never use the TV for a monitor because you've got to do mm. a, a bit of tinkering with it to get it to... Because there's SCART TVs we use in, in, in Europe, or in the UK at least, you've got to tell the TV, you've got to do a little jumper wire somewhere, I did research into it, I can't remember now, to turn the TV on to SCART mode as soon as it turns on. And also you've got to have it, so when you plug the, 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 the cabinet in, the TV automatically comes on without pressing the button on the remote control. And you can do that right. as well. I think you might need a relay to do it. I'm not sure, but there is lots of guides on how to do that. But the thing is, you get a really, really good picture with, with the TV because it's never been used as an arcade model. So you've got no burn on it or anything. Mm. I'm also going to get um, a Spangly... I'm going to make a Spangly 80s-style graphics for the control panel. At the moment, the panel is just that white material I use with some red buttons yeah. and a red joystick. I'm going to change that. It's going to have Spangly 80s graphics on that. I don't know what yet. Maybe some stars or something. Spangly stars. Put Skeletor on it. Skeletor? Yeah. That'd be really cool, wouldn't it? And He-Man. Uh, He-Man's not so good. Skeletor's good. I'll get you, He-Man! I've got to remake a back door for it as well. If you check out the video, kids, you can actually see. I do describe the mess of it in the audio, but you have a look on the video, and there was quite a mess in the back. It was hardly held, it was held together by black tape. Uh, I also noticed while doing the video, there's no field ground or earth to the switching power supply. I will do that. Also, we'll link up all the the metal points on the cabinet, like the control panel, the joystick, uh, the front door with the, the coin mechs on it. I'll wire all them up to ground as well, so it's safe. And that's about it, really. And 
it, it sort of led me on to that whole day of doing stuff for myself was really cool. So I got to go into town and buy some little bits I needed to, to do the cab, and I got loads of cab stuff done, and I did some 3D printing at the same time while I was doing all this. It was really good. Sort of having a day to do nerdy things without being hindered by anything, you know, other bits of life going on. Yeah. It sort of got me on to thinking about if I ever came into a lot of money. You know, you know, you always, I always have this, this, this sort of conversation every now and again with my wife and some of the other friends. You say, you know, what would you, what would you really do if you won a load of money or you came into a lot of money and you had a money basically doesn't matter how much it is because after. A, a certain amount, it doesn't matter, it's all exactly the same. What would you do if money was no object and you didn't have to work and you could do basically all you wanted? Now, the, the things I would do, the normal sort of things that my wife and I have always sort of talked about is we would just go wherever we wanted to. Yeah. You know, so nice. you, you'd probably have a house in, in your favourite holiday spot. So we'd have a house somewhere in Portland, in, in Oregon. And we might have a flat in Tokyo, maybe, or, you know, and, and have a flat in London so we can come back every now and again. So you'd have all those things, obviously, set up in place. And you, you'd go on all the holidays you've, you've always wished to go on and wanted to go on. And you might enrol in some kind of help, you know, to charity work, maybe, or helping out somewhere. You know, just yeah. to, to keep you... I think with all that money and stuff, you can buy X amount of things. And, and money really does not buy happiness, but... Doing what you'd like to do, and and gaining knowledge and, and gaining information and and seeing things, I think that really does make you happy. The money part is irrelevant. It just it just affords you these luxuries to do these things, and you can go and meet people and help people out and all that kind of stuff. But when I'd mm-hmm. done all that sort of thing, and you'd done all your holidays, and you you bought the things you've always wished you'd had, and for me, it's not like big fast cars and stuff. It's just, I suppose it's ISIS cabs. Yeah, definitely ISIS cabs. But what, <laughs> what the thing I'd, I'd probably like to do more than anything is is help out people who are, I, I love and and have helped me before, and and people you think need the help. Like you'd obviously, especially me anyway, I'd make sure that everyone sort of close to me, and my family, were secure and they didn't have to worry about you know paying the bills and all that sort of stuff, and they they they'd sort of get the same kind of luxury as I would of not having to worry about money. Mm. So that'd be sort of an, an obvious thing I think you do to your, your you know close friends and family and that sort of stuff. But when all of that had settled, what I like to do in my spare time, and I, I'll do it at my work really. My work is is a different kind of thing. Is I like to make things. Yeah, you start with nothing, and you go and buy materials, and you cut things up, and you solder things, and you work things out, and you draw stuff up, and you three D print it, and and in the end, you've got something in front of you you can use. Or you can give to someone or sell to someone. And I think I would actually have a workshop and I would make arcade cabinets. Oh, that'd be nice. And I would do it as a, as a business, but the business obviously wouldn't have to make you money to, to put bread on the table and put a roof over your, your head. You just do it to see if you could ever do it. Because everyone's always like, oh, I wish I could go into business and do this. I'd, I'd do this really well and I know how to do that and I'd, I know exactly what people want. But then if you had all that money behind you, you would have a chance to prove to yourself whether you could or could not do it. And I would make mm. lots of little cabinets. I would source you know, CRT screens from like TVs and I'd work out how to use them as arcade monitors. I'd work out how to do certain things I, I don't know how to do. I'd learn, go on courses, pay people to show me how to do stuff. 
And I would make stuff like that. But obviously you wouldn't have to do it every day of the week. So if you did want to have a break and, and go halfway across the world for a while, you could do that or collect some other kind of cabinets. But the arcade for me, I wouldn't just go out just buying everything. I wouldn't go to America and go, I'll have that, 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 put it on a container, send it home for me. I wouldn't do that. I still like the thrill of, of finding stuff and, and looking for stuff and getting it for a good price. I think having all that money doesn't, it, it makes it too easy. There's no chase anymore. Yeah, I think I'd probably do something similar, like make sure your friends are okay and family. Mm. Go on all the holidays you wanted to go on. Like, it's just creative stuff that I don't get time to do, like you know, like stories yeah. and music and games and all yeah. creative stuff. Not not where's your your lot sort of hands on? I'm sort of digital, but I like all the creative stuff that way. Graphics and you know, loads of loads of things if you've got loads of time. Yeah, because I mean, even even when you you've got a load of downtime, when you've you've done all your cabinets, everything's working, you've you've done the notes for the podcast, you've watched all your episodes of whatever you're going to watch, and then you sort of have a bit of downtime. And for me, that would be getting to games I don't have time to play. Because like on the Switch, I love playing it, but there's so much other stuff going on in my in my life and, and getting other things ready, and things take a bit more precedence, I suppose. But actually going back to that and sitting on the sofa with a dog and, and wife and you know having some some just you know some sweets and drinks and stuff and and just sitting there with a pad and playing together, I don't get too much time to do that. And I, even sometimes when I'm sort of up on my own late at night, you know, sort of you have an all nighter or a late nighter, and you just get a game finished. That'd be brilliant. I'd never have time to do that. A little while ago, I had an evening on my own again, just with the dog. And the dog was sort of hassling me for company. So, right, then I'll leave what I'm doing. Went on the sofa. He sat down and sort of slept next to me. I got the switch on and I, I played through a, another book of um, Captain Toad, which I'm trying to yeah. get finished so I can buy the Yoshi game. I don't have too many open games in half-finished games. And I've got a few on the go at the minute. And I need to get them done. But those console games nowadays aren't you know, a three-hour game. They're like a month or something just to get them finished yeah. it's forever and it's it's just get like that and you don't really have the time and i do resent not having the time to do it but i suppose the the, the luxury you could afford is more time to yourself not having to flip in work and do this and do that and all the stuff you don't really want to do but, so you you would just get on with stuff you haven't a chance to do yeah yeah, I fancy do, doing a bit of music. I used to do a bit of music, maybe some more music. Yeah. My, ears, my ears are not very good now. Deaf as a post. Uh, what else would I do? Some Maybe a story, maybe some kind of game. You know, like what make Drunk a game, Gary. I mean? Yeah, like Drunk Gary I did, but, oh, cool. but better. I don't know, lots of stuff like that. Yeah, creative Cause I, stuff. Because I'm not, I'm not, I haven't got the skills set that you've got to do that. I couldn't program a game even with like a game maker thing which I, I presume makes it a lot easier than actual coding i wouldn't yeah. i wouldn't have a clue how to do that and i don't think it's quite me to do it i might have ideas to give you but that'd be about my my input i think on that kind of thing yeah it's all it's blocks of logic really so i, I really enjoy thinking through the logic of it and and structuring it i enjoyed making that drunk carry game but it was a lot of work really because it was like three games in one three different levels yeah i know you took a lot of time doing it i remember you saying about it yeah all we got to do now then sean is win the lottery yeah why not i might wow. do that should i get a ticket on tonight sort it out for us yeah we better get two just in case we don't win on one of them okay uh guess what i've been doing 
Tell me some of the stuff you've been doing. In the real world. In the real world. I've been playing a lot of Volgus again, but I'm playing Auto Fire Volgus. Auto Fire Volgus. So you're about yeah, three million points now, then. No, it's still difficult, but it's 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 nice and chilled. You know, after after a day at work, I just come over and put that on. I think I've beat. I checked back on the scores that we got and people on the podcast when we did it, and I've beat all them. But it is Auto Fire, obviously. But it's just nice to play. But who beat you on the podcast, Sean? That would be you, Vic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you beat me on a shooter. But I'll tell you was... what, I need to try Volgus with Autofire because I actually turned the cheats on on my main pony because of that um, speed up Ms. Pac-Man. We needed the cheats for that. So I've got yeah. cheats for other stuff as well. I might have to try it on Volgus. Sounds quite fun. It's nice. Yeah, I do like Autofire games. And it's just, you can concentrate on the dodging then. But you, but it's, yeah, you've got to, you can't just keep your finger on the Autofire because you're going to get killed. You've got to, you've got to sort of time it. Yeah, because I, I prefer games where you, you, you pick up on auto-fire, like um, Star Force. Yeah. I was playing that just the other day, and it's it's you've got to batter the button, but when you do actually get the little ship that comes down, and you've got auto-fire, I sometimes forget, you can just hold your finger down on it then, and it does auto-fire. Mm. So, yeah. Hmm. I'd love to finish that game, but it is huge. It's a massive game. I don't even think I'm halfway through it, you know. What game's that? Star Force. You can't finish Star Force. It's, isn't it got 26 levels, like the, the Greek alphabet or something for each? No, it just keeps going. I, I watched a long play video once of a Japanese player, and they had like, like 15 million points. You just keep going. I think it gets, oh, I it gets to 20, it gets to the, like, the last one. It just repeats, as far as I remember. Right. Yeah, they, they made it look really easy, but they had auto-fire on that, obviously. Because there's that bit, you know, you know when the sort of yellow spaceship assembles the big ship? Yeah. When it flashes white in the middle, if you shoot it with auto-fire when that comes on, you get a million points. It's one of the secrets right. to it. But you can only do it with yeah. auto-fire. I don't think you can do it any other way. Mm. Uh, hmm. And also, my son, he's just we've had an empty house. He's just back from a nine-day Microsoft IT course in St. Neots. Nine days of 12. It's like a, a fast-track cramming thing. you got... Three days of twelve hours and an exam, and another three days and another exam. And the last three three days was not he didn't he wasn't doing that exam, but he's passed it. Wow! Did you have to and wake now, him out of a coma? God, yeah, I think he's knackered now. He's a Microsoft certified solutions associate now. I nearly fell asleep while you said that. He doesn't really rate Microsoft, <laughs> but it looks good on his CV. Yeah, Microsoft really, really, really suck really hard. <laughs> I have been doing more 3D printy goodness. How many 3D printers have you got? Uh, three. I thought so. But one yeah. of them isn't mine. Mm. Um, I have made myself another horizontal Vectrex stand because I gave my last one away to Chris CMP plus another one. And I've only made a bloody joystick. Oh, my goodness. Where is it? There it is. Look at this, Sean. Look at this, Sean. I'll show the, the kids on the video. Look. That's 3D printed. Yeah. The ball top is, and that's one I did already. I just popped one on there. But you can... There is um, files to print the ball. Uh, we've got the ball, the shaft, the washer, the actuator, the gate at the bottom, and the main body. And what you've got to add to it is an M6 70mm long bolt 
um, a ball top which I put on, which you can use there one, and four micro switches on a spring. And that's it. And it's clickety clickety. It yeah, actually feels quite it. nice. It's, it's really small. It's smaller than like a Samitsu or a Sanwa, but it looks yeah. very similar to one. And I, I, haven't actually, I haven't actually plugged it in to try it yet, but it should work. I don't, I don't see why it wouldn't work because it, it centers really nicely. It clicks on the uh, micro switches okay. The, the diagonals feel good. It's good oh. Mm. That's like one it. thing that I, I couldn't do. I just couldn't do that, I don't think. What, print a 3D printed thing? Yeah, and then sort it all out and bolt it together. And Seriously, just... anyone could do this. Honestly, anyone. If you've got a 3D printer, you could do it. It's that simple. You make the parts, you assemble it. It's, it's really easy. I've put the description and the item on Thingiverse on the web show show notes for people to look at. Um, if you've got a 3D printer, go and make one of these. They're really cool. Nice. Nice. Uh, yeah, that that um, thing is if you if you well just click on the link. It's actually called a Nippo Man. Someone called Nippo Man made it. Really good. I also made some more CPS two replacement buttons for someone. Remember, I made some for Lewis. Yeah, I made some for someone else. So I think it was Flinster. I made them for. I haven't sent them to him yet. I will send them to you soon, Dave. Don't worry. Talking of joysticks, that handily leads me onto this. I'm in the process of putting together a twin stick panel for my horizontal pony. There, there are a pile of twin stick games I want to do on the podcast. Robotron, Black Widow, Karate Champ are definitely coming up in the future on the 10P podcast. And Ollie Muddy Music is already doing me an overlay for it because it's got a very, very simple grid pattern for the ponies. So I'm going to have two joysticks close together, three buttons in the middle. So I can still play single-player games with you know jammer games, three buttons, and yeah. have the two sticks so I can play all these other games as well. Uh, good idea. Social media used for good and not evil shocker. Yeah. Right. This one's really good. Uh, Rich Gregory's lad, Oscar, he won a candy cab, a real candy cab, his own cabinet, for a picture in a competition. Um, A bunch of Rich's friends, including the Tempe Arcade podcast... Rallied yeah. together to advertise the picture and encourage people to vote and give nice comments, and they did in abundance. This is Rich Chunksin, isn't it? Yeah, Mr. Chunksin, Mr. Chunksin's little little Chunksin, tiny chunks, yeah. and he won the cabinet. <laughs> it's really good. So he's going to have a. I think it's an Astro City. He's being sent. God, that's good, isn't it? It's really good. Uh, he's only eight as well. How many eight-year-olds got their own arcade cab? I think Dad may ever play on that, do you? I think he might do, yeah. So, well done, Oscar. Uh, last Saturday just gone was Alex's birthday meet at his new place in Tame, which is quite close to Oxford, uh, which he lives with his girlfriend, Anushka. Um, excellent to see most of the Southern faces there. Uh, I got to play on Alex's new games. He's got some new cabs. He's got a Robotron upright. Uh, an Astro Blaster upright, which is not 100% working, but it was okay to play. And a Cosmic Gary. Oh. Sorry, Cosmic Gorilla. Uh, Cosmic Gorilla was easily the game of the day for me. I loved it. I haven't played a lot of Cosmic Gorilla, and it's really, really cool. It's a really clever take on Space Invaders with a few surprises I didn't even know about in the game. Have you played it? Yeah, I get mixed up. Is it the one with the, the block of aliens in the middle and they drop through tubes is that the one no that's the stern that's game that's um that's it, kamikaze that's astro invader or yeah. I think it's a bootleg name for it. this one 
is a block in the middle with your spaceships in and the aliens come from left and right, a big line on the left and right, vertical lines. And they sort of come out and they nick the blocks. And every now and again you get right. a really fast one comes out. And there's, there's all sorts of little surprises in the game I didn't know about and I won't talk about them because that's another game I'm definitely going to cover on a future podcast, Cosmic Gorilla. So really, and the the, the cabinet is one of those those wacky sort of seventies looking um, monsters on the side art, and and you know the really old Universal style. And it's a really like really gorgeous cabinet, really colourful. It's really cool. And the game is lovely to play on the original. It's a black and white game, but it uses colour gel overlays, and they work really really well. Mm, perhaps that's a future one we can do oh it's definitely a future one for me I'm definitely going to pick that in the future I also threw on a 50,000 point plus score on Rescue uh, which Alex has installed into his Electrocoin MIDI cab and he's going to keep that as Rescue it's a favourite of ours that one Alex actually asked me to take photos of the Arcade Club Astro Blaster a side art in the front and that and send it over to him Yeah, just the front and I did I don't know if he was comparing or something, but I sent it to him. Because Alex has got the slightly rarer teal-coloured one. So yeah. the, the, the marquee and the control panel is like a teal-green colour. And his right. cabinet is a wood a wood um, effect one. But what he's going to do is he's going to redo it with white melamine sides. Because there, yeah. there were white ones come out, and it looks lovely with the green graphics on. He's going to get the side art done for it. But it's a really nice game to play on an original cabinet. And on that one, the speech was working okay, but the sound effects weren't. Because it's like a five-layer stack board board set for it. And apparently, when they get running right, they run quite nicely, but they're difficult to fix. And he is having a, mm. an expert fix, having a go of it. So hopefully that'll be fixed for next time I see him. But it was really nice to play, lovely to play. Ooh. Yeah, it was a really good little meet, actually. Loads of nice people there, as usual. Um, yeah, I got to play on Alex's uh, Red Tent and some of his other games. Uh, Sheriff was there. Skyskipper was there. Yeah, it was a really cool little event. Really nice. Oh, that's good. Arcade news. Right. We have, some, we have quite a bit of news after not much news last time. Absolutely. My mate Rich Rumsey... Richard Rumsey's been working on this app called Arcade Sidekick where you can record your scores on games and compare with your mates. And it's like a scorekeeper game app. It's only on Android at the minute, but he's working Mm. on iOS version. And there's there's like four or five, well, five or six of us that's been testing it, like as it's, you know, he's doing many updates, like Sol, Mr. 20 to 5, Tronad, Charlie Farr, he's Jimmy. And me, all sort of testing it together. So he's he's really good. He's rich. He's sort of taking on board what we're saying, maybe changing bits and that. So nice. check it out, kids. It's only one pound ninety nine, and you can keep all your scores and compare your scores. So how do you how do you upload your scores to it? Have you got to take a picture of your scores? It's just for your own personal benefits. Yeah, you don't. You just put the score in and then upload it. So it's oh, so all your friends can see your scores. And you can sort of compete with each other. Yeah, it's like it's like oh, this nice. show, really, isn't it? You just have to trust people, but yeah, yeah, I'm sure that's be okay. Yeah, that sounds really cool. Mm. When it comes out on Apple, I'll have it. Mm, nice. That one pound ninety nine in my back pocket is earmarked for that app. Tell him, nice. tell him to get on with it. And that one ninety nine, one ninety nine will all be his. Or well, I think Apple's probably they probably have most of it, don't they? I think it's one ninety nine. Yeah, I think it is. Anyway, 
There you go. Nice. And some more news. Got some more news. Have you tell- heard of Ant? Ant Stream. I never have, this? and I hope you're going to tell me about all about it right now. I've got no idea what Ant Stream it's, is. It's it's on a Kickstarter at the minute, and it's online streaming of retro games. It's got, as we record this, it's got thirty-five thousand of a fifty thousand total on Kickstarter. It's only been going a week. It's got twenty-four days to go. I think it'll easily reach its target. So, how does this work then? You just you just go on their site, and you can play any of the games in a browser. Yeah. And there's, I think there's about 300 games at the minute, and they're all licensed. They're not nicked anything. So there's arcade oh, games, Am- Amiga, Commodore 64, Mega Drive, and Spectrum games at the minute. And there's, there's scoreboards and comparisons and all that kind of thing that you get with a modern console, but relating to the older games. But they're licensed. Yeah, yeah. That is interesting. I, I when I first sort of, I sort of knew a little bit about it. I didn't really know until you told me. But I was thinking the first thing I thought of was licensing. Yeah. So they're not ever not ever going to be able to have everything on there, but a large amount of things. Yeah, I think, I think it's three hundred they've got at the minute. But you know, they, they I think they were going to get a couple of thousand. I think. Oh, that's interesting. Ooh, okay, I'll give it a look. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. Yeah, it's like these new consoles that are coming out and and the new Apple and Google streaming things you've got to have a fast internet connection mm. with low with low lag you know with a low ping to be able to play them that's the thing with it all yeah that's gonna be the crux of it isn't it yeah i read a little tweet a little while ago i think it was by pete hahn so thanks for that pete uh, earlier today at apoc z24 crushed the gallagher five-man record Previous record was six million six hundred seventy nine thousand one hundred ninety, and he put up nine and a half million points. Nine million five hundred twenty five thousand seven hundred points. The game lasted six wow. hours. Gallagher yeah. is officially broken. We are not worthy, sir. We are not worthy. Wow. A little bit new. Well, I thought this was quite interesting. Retro Hour number one six six interviewed a guy that had a lot to do with Go Eight Bit. Oh yeah, the the TV show ran for three seasons, and I, I didn't like it because I just thought it was, I thought it was a below par comedy show featuring games, but, but with poor players. Yeah. But what what he did explain was that the the players, even though they were bad anyway, they had a had a worse job because there was a huge input lag from the controller to the oh. big studio screen. So he really? said, "Really? Yeah." So they they were even worse than they looked. So that is basically the production team's fault then. Yeah. If you're going to do a TV show where the main point is competitive gaming, you want to get that bit sorted out first, surely. Yeah. That is yeah. that's ridiculous, isn't it? I just couldn't bring myself to watch it. I just thought it was almost insulting to gamers that. I know I, some people loved it. I don't think I ever watched one because I heard so many bad reviews about it, I didn't bother in the end. I watched. I tried watching two, yeah, but I just couldn't face it. <laughs> was it was it like console games or was it arcade stuff? It's, it's a bit of each from what I remember, and then right. silly silly games like almost like generation game types of things where you're pressing a banana to move something, and you know that kind of. That sounds like a bad idea. Yeah. Oh no! A uh, time pilot is being released on Switch. You know they bring out some arcade games every now and again on the Switch. Time Pilot's coming out, and I have got it. I've got two bootleg PCBs of it, 
and I've got it on all my main kits and, and pies and everything. And I'll still probably buy it on Switch because I'm an idiot. Time Pilot's great. It is great, isn't it? You never have too much Time Pilot. One good thing about having it on a console, it doesn't matter if it's a Switch or the Xbox One or, or the PS4 or whatever, is you'll have online leaderboards. It'd be interesting to see some of my closest sort of gaming buddies, see how they do on it. Mm. I think Mr. Tagster uh, in Dan in Australia plays a lot of Switch arcade games. I know he plays Donkey Kong on there. So I need to get back onto Donkey Kong on the Switch. I haven't played it for a while. I bought that joystick to play arcade games and haven't really used it. I don't think I've used it once on the Switch. I need to rectify that. That's another mm. thing, not having enough time again, isn't it? Yeah. Ooh. Here's one that just popped up in the feed last week. Oh, my God. Cap- Capcom Arcade Plug and Play. 16 arcade games. A proper... A proper joystick with Sanwar controls. Yeah, but I've just seen the price of it. I didn't see that before. That's why I went, Hoo! It's 230 euros, this. 190 quid for a plug-and-play system. Yeah, but... But, but Sean, I've actually yeah. got, if my phone loads up, a list of the games in front of me. Yeah, they're good games. Good no, for everyone, really. No, they're really not. They're really not. Gigawing and Pro Gear, yeah. Strider, you love Strider. I hate Strider. I hate Gigawing. Pro Gear is not that brilliant either. Nineteen forty-four Loopmaster. That's not great. Aliens vs Predator is cheap. Actually, Aliens vs Predator is quite good. Uh, Capcom Sports Club. What? That's a bowling game, isn't it? God knows. Uh, what else we got here? Captain Commander. That's a good game. Cyberbots. Not sure. Darkstalkers is pretty good. Eco Fighters, Final Fight, Ghouls and Ghosts, yeah, Gigawing, Mega Man the Power Battle, that's not great. Uh, and some Street Fighter games. They're not. Where's 1942? Yeah. Where's Volgus? Where's Sonson? Huh? You'll have to load them up, or you'll have to pay, won't you? I reckon. But if you look at the the joystick box, it's actually the word Capcom. Oh, so you've yeah. got. It's a two player as well. Ah, it does look a bit more. Worth the money now, I noticed it's a two-player. I thought it was a little one-player thing. It's actually a two-player. But you've got the curve of the word Capcom, so it's not a straight box. Just, do you know what I mean? You're playing on the, yeah, the word, word Capcom. Capcom. So I'm a, not sure. It's a weird sure one, isn't it? Gonna... Yeah, you're going to have to rest your hands on it, like mm. you do with any joystick. But... I think it's a lot of money for what it is. You could... Well, if you're practical, like some of us lot are... You could make yourself a really nice main box to play yeah. all the games for cheaper than that. Yeah. Or or a pie box with some you know decent arcade controls or whatever. So yeah, they might sell it, but I don't know. It's this thing at the moment, isn't it, where retro's becoming a big thing again and people are paying reasonable money for these, I think, slightly below par arcade parts. Yeah, I think the latest Pandora's box... Is not a PCB. It's an actual arcade stick with a PCB in it, and you just plug it into your TV. Oh dear! I think Pandora's Box Five. I think it is. You just plug it in. Apparently, it's quite good. They get they are getting better with the emulation, but they're still still nowhere near. Who is this Pandora that a, keeps bringing her boxes out? <laughs> still nowhere near as good as a a PC with groovy main in it. Absolutely. Ooh, 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 ooh. That's the noise you should be making. Because there's been some more Donkey Kong hacks. Tell me about these. This is, it's actually a game on Game Jolt. So it's not actual Donkey Kong code, but someone's made loads of levels for this Donkey Kong. There's 
There's a Conan the Barbarian one. There's oh, a Star I Wars. Like, I like Star this. Wars one. There's a Alien one. Alan. Alan. There's a Rambo one. All, all, all with customized graphics. And there's one that's not on there that I saw, which was, oh, what was it? I think it was Aliens. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, there's that that Alien is there. Yeah. These are quite interesting because they actually look quite a bit different from the actual levels. It's not just a, a reskin of the, the normal levels. They've actually done different parts. There's one with like loads of breaks in it. I'm going to go and play them later on. I've got to admit hey. that. I'm going to go and play them. And it's Linux. I, I can play them. Linux? Ooh, yeah, it's no. Linux as well. Okay, you're not playing in a browser. You've got to download it. I think you have to download it, yeah. Okay. Well, I've actually got Pies. Maybe I can get them to run through track mode on the front end of them. Mmm. That'd be that really did. cool, because I could play them on arcade cabs then. <gasps> ooh, 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 ooh. I'll get onto Richard Chunks in. He'll know how to do that. He's really clever. That is, is really some... cool. I like that. It's good, isn't it? Mm. Here is, is some news that's just happened, kids. Some news that about an hour before the podcast went on air, I, I saw this. Hot to the Neo... presses. SNK is making new Neo Geo hardware as well as a new Metal Slug. Oh, so they're on about making Neo Geo two and three. Oh, really? And then Metal Slug for all systems. But it's been announced from SNK chairman G Shihui, whatever it is. And he said he's not not known exactly what the, what form the new Neo Geo system will take. That that or well, why we're getting two versions, numbered two and three, because they was impressed with the higher than expected sales of the Neo Geo Mini, which people have mixed feelings about. Yeah. But Neo Geo are back. Sorry, SNK are did, back. Did you hear that noise? What was that? That was Roger Cantor fainting. <laughs> He's a big Neo Geo fan. He'd be buying that, I'm, I'm certain of it. They've got his money already. Yeah, it does look quite good. Nice. I like, I like the, the fact, even though they're probably not some of these things that have been releasing lately, they're probably not quite for me or you, mm. but I'm glad they exist. Especially yeah. these higher-end quality ones. Because that Capcom one does actually look quite good quality. It looks like it's quite well made. Yeah, these... It's it's for a new generation, you know. It's for the people who just want plug-and-play. Playing the old classics, like this Ant Stream. People love some of these games in there. Mm. But everyone loves never- a Metal Slug. Everyone loves a Metal Slug. Perhaps some of them were never even born when, like, Jet Set Willie come out. And Probably. The last the bit one. of news we got, Sean, is yes? Raiden 5 will be coming to Switch. <gasps> Raiden 5. I do like Raiden 5. I played, uh, I'm sure. Oh, hang on. I think I've only played 3 and 4. 5. Is that a totally new one? I'm not sure. I don't think I've played. I haven't played 5. five. I played 3 and 4 in arcades in Japan. And I used to have three and four on that um, that hardware I had with the, the games um, added X. to it. Type X. Yeah, and Type X 2. I had three and four, and they're really good. I really like them, but I don't think I've played five. Oh, I'll be getting that on Switch as well, won't I? Won't I? Of course, of course I will. you will. Of course I will. Ten pence archives. This is a new section, the Ten Pence Arcade Archives. This is where we reevaluate a game we've previously covered. Now we've picked one each for this show, kids, and I've I've gone right back to podcast number eight, 
which was March 2014, believe it or not, God. over five years ago. Where what, Alex, what excellent Alex was, game have you chosen, Sean? Alex was on the show and you were on the show and you wanted to, you asked for a, a listener pick and I, as a listener, said, why don't we play Megazone? Oh yeah, I've never forgiven you for this. And you slaughtered it. It's re- I've listened to the show today, it's really funny. You've like slaughtered it. Alex quite likes it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? But going back to it, it's craptastic. It's a game that I call craptastic. It looks a bit like Xevious. It's a vertical scroll and shoot 'em up. There's forks in the row in the in the map where you can go slightly left or right for different backgrounds and baddies. You've got you've got smart bombs that appear on the screen. It's only one button. Yep. Fire. You've got smart bombs that appear on the screen. You can go over them to wipe this wipe the baddies out. You've got little diamonds. I think if you collect eight of them, you can get the mega ship. It says Meg on the power up, and then you get Meg. Big, they couldn't afford an A on the end of it then. A big three firing bullet shippy face thing, but and you can take one hit to go back to your normal ship. There's no animation on the main ship. Uninspired graphics. One button. Uh, there's a map again. Konami liked their maps, didn't they? What else had a map in that era? Road Fighter had a map. That's there's awful a few as well. That's brilliant, Road Fighter. Yeah, I need to say that. It's awful. It's the like game, the sound, it's the game it? when on, on the, the forks in the road, you can get killed if you don't get the right fork. You can like run into the wall or something. No. I remember no, this game being really bad. It was... It was a kind of a trying to cash in on a, on Xevious, I think. It's all right. Did I ban okay. you back then for that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah you did. <laughs> yeah, I thought I might have done. Uh, and the, and the, the scores, though, Alex got 49,000, you got 15, I got 87,000. Was Charlie Farr playing back then? I don't think he was, no. Uh, he would have got like 4 million, I expect. But I listened to the rest of the podcast, and it, it's it's good to go back, really. You were talking about the South Coast Slam, the upcoming RGP meet, Retro Games Party, and Davo was interviewed. Oh, remember the that? Davo one. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, Alex, Alex did it. Davo. Yeah. Davo was on his keep... best behaviour that day. He managed to keep his speech less than 100 mile an hour. He did, yeah. Well so you can understand Davo. him, Dave. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. I looked at Cuba because I've never really stopped him playing Cuba. Yeah. Now, I didn't realise how much effort you were going to put into this section, and I have not put in very much at all. So I would just say, I haven't gone back to listen to the Cuba episode, because I am lazy. Well, I just sort of... I had actually a bit of time today, God damn it, believe it or not. And, yeah, I just listened to the show today, so I thought I'd make a few notes. Well, I've been playing Cuba ever since I've had that ISIS cabinet made up for Cuba. Because I've done it, I quite like Cuba. I've never been very good at it, and I've never got any better at it either. But it's a game I still love. I really mm. like it. It's like a unique little game because it's got the weird controller as well, where you, you can only obviously go diagonals, rather like I think um, Congo Bongo's diagonals as well, isn't it? And obviously Cubert's cubes and faster, harder, more challenging. Oh, I didn't yeah, know yeah. That. Well, I believe it is because you're on the diagonals all the time because it's an isometric screen. Rather like Zaxxon, I suppose. So, mm. I've been playing Cuba ever since, and I've got it in a cabinet. I've got a sort of my own little dedicator using a Millstar board. It's not original hardware, but it's Nyon F- FPGA. And I keep playing it, and I- I've never really got better. You know the fourth level where you get the black cubes? 
Yeah. I've never got past that level. I'm that right. rubbish at it, but it still doesn't stop me trying to play it better. And I've never really... I, I sort of got the game. I can sort of fly around the board with Coily chasing me and he doesn't catch me, but I still don't get much further in the game. So I've got the idea of it, and I know how to avoid Coily and some of the other stuff, but there's so much going on the screen later on when you've got the red things coming down or you've got the, the, the ug and wrong way going up the wrong way up the, the cubes, and then you get the green one coming down, and that little idiot comes down and, and messes all your patterns up. Oh, most annoying video game character ever. He really is, isn't he? He's very cute, yeah. but he just, he just upturns. He's just about to do the level, and he goes and upturns everything. Idiot. <laughs> so yeah, I still love that game, and oh, I don't know anyone who doesn't like Cubert. It's a great little game. Yeah, it's a favourite because because of the character has appeared in a few. I think he's been in Pixels and Wreck It Ralph, and so younger children know him. So that it gets a lot of play that at the, at yeah. the arcade. Yeah, I know. Hopefully, I'll be taking that to Revival this year as well, again, and maybe one other. Um, but yeah, I really, I really enjoy Cuba, and even though I'm rubbish at it, and usually when I'm rubbish at it, I dislike a game, mainly because of my own failings. Or the fact that I just can't get better and it frustrates me. But this one is a game I keep going back to. Love it. It's like 1942. Nice. I'm not very good at 1942. My best's about 300,000 points. Yeah. And I keep going back to it. And I haven't really got any better, but I still love it. It frustrates me and annoys me, but I still keep going back to it. Same with Hubert. I think, yeah, because Volgus is quite similar. I've got to forget. 1942 to get better at Volgus. And you can do 1942, so that must be quite difficult for you to get out of your mindset. Yeah. Because Volgus yeah, can... as well doesn't have doesn't have set levels, does it? It just keeps going. You get the bosses at the end of certain areas, but it just keeps going. Yeah, you get the Volgus, which is the big big baddie with spinning planets around him or spinning rocks. Yeah, because I killed so what... him when we played that, remember? Once you've done that, I would say you've, you've done the game, because it carries... Actually, there is some different backgrounds after that. There's a quite a nice bit which is, there's Capcom written sideways in the sand as oh, you go right. past. I'm going to play that with some auto fire next time in the garage. That sounds quite fun. Yeah, it's just we'll have a little side challenge. What, what scores have you got then with auto fire? I've got about two hundred and forty thousand at the minute. And what was we <sighs> getting when we played it together? What was I? I think you got two hundred and six. Uh, you got two hundred and nine. I got two hundred and six. Ooh, close. But no I think cigar. I think I think Tronad's beat us. I think. <gasps> Did he? think he did can't, can't remember we can't have that he probably cheated you know what he's like yeah mm. yeah so cuba again I'm, I'm on about i think my highest ever is about thirty-five thousand points which is pathetic and you know what there's mm. a little bug on that millstar board i can't remember quite what happens to do it to trigger it but it forgets its settings uh-huh. so when, when I took that that machine to revival, Charlie Farr was on it, and he got like a, a half a million points, which is nothing for him. But he popped half a million on it, and I left it on there, thinking, you know, I'll leave that on there. It's quite good. I'll never get to it, but I'll try and get, you know, keep going and try and get better and get me name up the high score thing. And one day I went in there, and all the high scores were reset. And I was like, hold on a minute, I haven't, you know, held a funny uh, combination of joystick movements and buttons down to to do a clear of the the memory. And I haven't been into the settings because that game auto boots straight to Cuba. I've got it set to auto boot to Cuba rather than the other games or the menu. Hmm. So I'm not sure why it did that. But someone said on UK VAC, 
there is a, a bug when you put your name in i think if you don't do it within the allotted time or something like that it loses the settings and you lose all your all your your high scores God. it resets it has done it twice to me cuz i i had a score of like 35000 on there or maybe even 40 i can't remember and i went to play it again the the day and it had gone again I was like, hold on, what's going on here? I haven't reset anything. I thought it might have been a battery, but there isn't a battery on there. It's not that kind of hardware. But that is slightly right. annoying, because I like to keep my high scores. I like to see them on there. Because mm. most of my games I've, I've modded to have high scores, because they're rather excellent gadget freak. It did some software. You can reburn certain ROMs on games and then replace certain chips with like a, a Dallas chip, which is a battery-backed-up, uh, not an EEPROM, but a chip. And it yeah. saves your high scores. So some of my games I've actually modified to save high scores on. My Phoenix has got it, which is done by Phil Murray. And my Scramble hardware is done by Phil Murray as well. So I've got a few games which save the scores. And obviously the main ones do as well. Mm, that's nice. Mm. But I'm not sure what I'll do for the next game. I might have to go back to Volgus, like you said. Maybe play some high-speed high Volgus. Autofire Volgus, yeah. Great game. Oh, yeah, so I've actually played two from the arcade archives, haven't I, really? And I play Scramble and Turtles all the time, and that sort of thing. Phoenix, always go back to them. Invaders, yeah. all that lot. Nice! Recent pickups. Not so many pickups for me this week. I've sort of got a pickup, but we mentioned it right at the very start of the podcast. Um, a Creality Ender 2 3D printer. It's actually Milky Martins. Um, he was having loads of problems with it. Um, he and uh, another friend of ours, Andrew Cornelius, bought these on my recommendation. Um, they're a smaller version than the one I've got, so it's good for beginners, and they are beginners, they've never used them before. And they were only £102 delivered. And they're really good little printers for the price. They're absolutely excellent. They're Creality Ender 2, if anyone wants to get old one. They're really cool. Um, and you obviously, I think a bit of it is, is already assembled, and you've got some bits to assemble yourself. Right. Um, and I think what the problem was, I got, um, he wasn't at Alex's meet, but he got Gary to take it with him to Alex's meet, and I, I picked it up. And the Sunday morning, the next day, I was up early, and I had a shifty at it. Gentlemen, we can rebuild him. We have the technology. I fixed it for him. It had sloppy pulley belts, uh, and one of the axes wasn't quite secured well enough. I think the, one of the bolts was like misput in there. Got axes uh, on it. Axe, not axes, axes. Uh, not not those choppy things for chopping down trees and that, and chucking at Vikings. It, wouldn't it be great if it did? It wouldn't print very well with axes on there, Sean. You could have like two rotating, the Creality Axe Cleaver Ender 4. With a scimitar as the table. Rawr! Yeah. Swords. Be great. Why don't they do that? that? Get on to me, Vic. Anyway, uh, these things don't have great instructions, so we can give them milky for not assembling it properly. If I had to assemble one of these, which I did with my number three, Ender 3 that I've got, I actually watched a video guide of it with someone actually doing it and showing you what happens, because the, the instructions on there are kind of like IKEA instructions. They're sort of like without any words, so they're, they're universal language. And they're, right. not, they're not brilliant. They really aren't. So if you ever buy one... Uh, have a look at a video on YouTube of someone assembling one and let them help you out with it. It's a much better idea. But since fixing it, I did some little tiny, you know, little washers just to print to test to see if it's working. And I built up 
uh, and I made a little a little signalman because Milky quite likes uh, trains as well. So I made a little signalman. Look at him. Look at that. It's it's a really nice print. It's um oh his stick's broken. Oh dear, that's quite thin that bit. But it's got really nice um detail on it. It's a really cool little print. And it didn't take that long making it either. So I did him that one first, which is like a little man on his train sets, and also made him an Amstrad GX4000 cartridge case, because he's got um, some Repro cartridges and he needs a case around them. And that's yeah. what he was trying to print with it when he was, when he did it, but because the table wasn't on properly, it kept missing and moving and, and messing itself up. So I actually did that to prove, because he was getting quite frustrated with the thing, that it it wasn't the printer, it was something else wrong. And I've actually yeah. done two of them, and I've made them out of this this red... PLA, and it's glow in the dark PLA. Ooh! So when he's had his light on and he puts his cartridge in his GX four thousand, he turns the lights off. He'll have a lighty up cartridge. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah, so that's cool. So I shall uh, get it back to him, and he can make uh, his cartridge cases to his heart's content. Lovely. Any more pickups? Uh, one more, actually. I noticed this at work today. I had them in my toolbox, forgot to take them home the other night. Uh, new leaf switch buttons. Uh, I had some brand new yellow leaf switch buttons in my food fight uh, sub-electroisis cabinet. And I realised on the upright original machine, on the control panel graphics, there's a big massive... There's Charlie Chuck sort of around a big ice cream, like an oversized ice cream. And in the middle of the ice cream are some yellow buttons. But the ice cream is actually orange. It's uh, orange sherbet ice cream, which is in the game. And... Where I've got my control panel resized to be a little ISIS panel, the buttons actually make up the round part of the ice cream. And I had yellow ones in there, and the ice cream's orange, so it looked weird. So I needed to buy some orange buttons. But luckily enough, Alex needed some yellow buttons, two yellow ones, for the one-player and the two-player start on his Astro Blaster. And he needs three white buttons and a red button. I already had a brand-new red button for him, so I gave him the two yellow ones... And the three white ones came the other day with my two orange ones to go on my my food fight. So I've got some brand new buttons, and Alex has got some as well. So you can sparkle up his uh, Astro Blaster control panel. And that is about it for me. I've not really been Ooh. buying a lot lately, apart from a new cab, obviously. I've got some pickups, kids. Which is what? I've got... Well, look at this, kids. Oh, sorry, Ben. I've got a new favourite IPA. Uh-oh. It's called Life and Death, and it's from Vocation Brewery. There you go, kids. Look at that. Woo! Why, why is it called Life and Death? Because. Because at the moment you're alive, and if you keep drinking that, you'll be dead. It says in the instructions, this is Life and Death. Three kilos of hops and 40 kilos of barley selfishly gave their lives to brew every barrel of this beer. It's a lot to ask, but their reincarnation as this life-affirming IPA makes this sacrifice worthwhile. And it tastes like flowers. It's nice. I like it. The instructions just say, open can, pour into face. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Do not drive. Oh, no. Don't do that, kids. Listener feedback. 
this is the feedback. We've got some very good feedback from Pie Factory Sean here from the Pie Factory podcast. I've just murdered their theme tune. Having a murder. Sounds it. nothing like it. I've murdered it. Sean is going to Destro- batter you next time he sees you. Destroyed it. Anyway, what he says is repeatedly. This is about Popeye. Actually, repeated. Repeatedly, the antagonist in Popeye in the game was referred to as Bluto. However, Bluto isn't a character in Popeye. You see, the video game was in the video game. Sorry, the video game was based on the King fin- King Features Syndicate Popeye cartoons. And towards the end of this episode, I did hear a lot of Brutus, Bluto, whatever kind of comments from us too. So, what's the difference between Bluto and Brutus? Fit? What are they? What are they? Tell They're me, two- Sean. I've got it here. They are two completely different characters who bear a vague passing resemblance to each other. When King Features Syndicate did Popeye cartoons, for whatever reasons, their lawyers thought they didn't have the rights for the character Bluto. Something about how they thought Bluto originated somewhere else before it came a char- became a character in the Popeye cartoons or something. So to fill the void of Bluto, King Features created the character Brutus. There are distinct differences between Bluto and Brutus. Bluto, just as Popeye, was a sailor. Brutus, so Brutus. We have no idea what, if any, his occupation was. He's a cabaret dancer, I'm sure of it. It could be. He could be dancing for money. Mm. Bluto and Popeye always seem to be fighting for Olive Oil's love, as she was always interested in both of them. However, in the KFS cartoons, Olive had absolutely no interest whatsoever in Brutus. In fact, Brutus was a general troublemaker. His whole modus operandi was to cause trouble for both Popeye and Olive. Ooh, poor what a poor Olive Oil. What a poor olive oil. And physical build, Bluto is very muscular. Why else would Pop- Popeye need stereo- steroids and his oops, spinach to be able to beat him up? Brutus, however, is fat. Kind of like me. He's too fat to tuck in his shirt kind. But still no, no idea why Nintendo couldn't have just put Bluto in. By the time the game came out, it had already been long determined that King Features did indeed have the rights to Bluto. Ooh. Thanks for that show. We didn't know that, did we? I didn't know there was two characters. I thought it was the same guy, but just with different characters. Uh, because if you sort of remember as a kid watching the Popeye cartoons on TV and stuff, or, or when you see the, the cartoons in the in the books or written down, he does look similar, but he wears different clothes. So I presume one is a sailor, so he's wearing sailor's gear, and the other's just a normal guy. Yeah, I, I never really sort of noticed the difference, even from as a kid. How weird is that? No, I didn't. Cheers for that, Sean. So Robin Assamangum uh, says, not sure if you've seen this, but this reminds me a lot of Star Castle. And he sent a video of this, which I put on the show notes. Uh, I had a look at it, and I hope it comes to Switch in the future. It's a twin-stick shooter where you have to take apart large bosses while they're trying to defend themselves by lobbing bullet curtains at you. Similar to Star Castle, where you have to concentrate your shots in certain areas. This is called Chippy, a game called Chippy. Yeah, I looked at that. It looks pretty good. I presume because you're chipping away at things. And he also says, still loving the podcast, by the way. I decided to start from the beginning, so I'm still in 2017 playing catch-up. I have an hour and a half drive and a 20-minute walk to walk every day, so catching up quick. As soon as I'm caught up, I'll start taking part in the high school competitions. need to get myself a ping, as I'm currently pingless in a ping-filled world. Ooh, there you go. Oh, he's got a ping! But he's not going to get to it until he gets this podcast. Ah. Damn it. Anyway... Tin Brother of Bronze, Mercy Buku, gents as ever. You're a podcasting delight, so you are. And th- that is all our, our feedback. We haven't had a lot. Oh, we normally get tons, don't we? Yeah. 
I think it's because your game you've chosen. Everyone, no. Everyone's boycotting the podcast because of your silly game. No. Uh-oh. <laughs> Friendly shout-outs. Uh, I've got to have a shout-out to Alex, our Alex, Alex Crowley, for his birthday, and, and Dave, they've got the birthday on the same time, and for inviting me to his birthday get-up. It was really, really cool. And thank you to Anushka as well for having us. And basically, for both of them to be in themselves, mad as balloons, them two. Oh, hey. <laughs> really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was really cool. Uh, I think I can speak for everyone concerned in thanking her and the birthday boy himself. So thank you very much, guys and girls. Do Alex and Dave have the same birthday every year? No, they alternate it. Uh. Also, shout out to Alex J for selling me my newest cab and subsequently meeting him. Also, shout out to his wife for putting up with his cabs at their business and trying to sell me his Defender cocktail. I don't think he wanted to sell it. Mm. She was trying to sell it. But I couldn't afford it. We've got a Defender cocktail at the club. Cool. It's nicer than a cocktail. It's good. Still rock people, hard, mind. People put burgers on it. Do you know? You know yeah. Streets, the company, the UK company Streets, who, who licensed Defender and Stargate and made them into their little cabs? They made a yeah. cocktail cabinet of Defender and they put the controls around the wrong way. Yeah. The joystick's on the right on a Streets Cocktail Defender. Oh, God, how do you play that? I do not know. I would love to try. I mean, it's really weird to play. Defenders are enough to play as it is. That's a challenge for the Williams Defenders Players Unite group. Apparently, someone did do this. They actually reversed the graphics of a control panel and did it as a challenge to see who could play it well. Yeah, Jim Bowley did it. That's right. That's the guy. I remember his name now. Yeah, that's the guy. How weird would that be? He makes these beautiful cabs, you know. He he took one to the Defender meet. Really? It's got a ro- yes, it's LCD, so it's a thinner depth cab. Oh dear! But it, the actual screen is on a on a round piece of wood, and you turn it round from hor- just turn it from horizontal to vertical. Yeah, I've always wanted to make a cabinet that's got like an auto move it itself, so you can just. Maybe the the game chooses it. So when you choose a horizontal game, it turns to horizontal for you. People have done it, and I've always wanted to do it, but I have to do it with the CRT. I wouldn't want a flat screen. I have to do it with the CRT. So then you need to start, like, you know, beefy motors and, and pulleys and all this sort of stuff and gears, and, you know, because that's to be quite hardcore to move that kind of weight. Yeah, and under, underneath the screen, there's like where the coin door would be, there's drawers, and you pull out the drawers, and there's different control panels. Like, there's one for missile command, you just slot it in, plug it in, and where you go. I was hoping you are going to say it's got a biscuit drawer. Ooh, you could put biscuits in it. Or, or a chocolate snack drawer. Or Ooh. just a drawer full of crisps. Not in packets, just in the drawer. So you open the drawer, just take some crisps out. That'd be brilliant, wouldn't it? I, I've eaten all Alan Delta Lima's Irish biscuits. I've still got yours. Oh, oh you were... I was just about to give you a slap through the screen then. Yeah, oh, oh, guess what? At Alex's <coughs> birthday, Steve Baker, Cine Steve, bought me some of those chocolate biscuits you were on about. Which ones? The ones, the Irish ones that Delta Lima's got for us. Oh, yeah. What are they called? I don't know now because I've. Not Ding Dongs. Some... I can't remember the name of them now. Oh, yeah, Toy Pops. Toffee Pops. Pa- Toffee, Toffee Pops. Pops. They didn't last very long when I got home. Me and wife nice. had them in one go. Gone. Yes, lovely. Toffee. Uh... Poppy. Lovely. Mmm. Oh. Ooh. They're gone. Wow. 
Well, I've got two shout-outs. Go on, then. One, one for Jeremy Riley, who used to live in the UK. He's in Australia. He came over to Arcade Club. He's got a three, three-week three tour of the UK, and he managed to fit in a couple of hours at Arcade Club, so shout-out to him. He did actually say he just listens to one podcast and it's ours. Oh. And, and he says it's like a, it's like a, a soap opera. Like, you know, it, it's like watched how we've gone through our lives and now I've got, you know, a new job and all that lot and what, what's gone on and the cab collected. He says it's like a kind of a soap. I never thought of it like that. <laughs> oh, the, and the possibilities are endless. Yeah. I also want to give a shout-out to the Maximum Power-Up podcast, Paul, Paul as well, in particular. They've done two huge podcasts on the the top 10 UK magazines and I'm about an hour off finishing it and they've interviewed interviewed one person from each of these magazines you know like Zap Crash Edge yeah CMVG and all that lot and it's really interesting it's one of the best podcasts I've listened to in ages really good nice Arcade Master Quiz are you ready for a quiz certainly am Quiz me right up, bitch. Right, this is quiz, quiz 130. <sighs> well, Number one. Concentrate, Sean. Right. Concentrate. Number uh, one. Yes. Who pass. made oh. Who made the game 4D Warriors? What? 4D Warriors. Taito. No. <clears throat> it was Sega Corland. Oh, pants. What is your character's name in Ya Kung Fu? Is it Oolong? Yes! Yay! And what else is Oolong? Do you know what Oolong is? Is he? You're not going to get a bonus point. A little fat guy. Oolong is tea. Oolong is a Chinese tea. Oh, I didn't know that. No, you don't like tea, do you? No. Number three. What happens if you keep chopping on Bally Midway's timber? Chop the tree down. Yeah. What happens if you keep chopping? Don't know. The tree falls on you. You don't get out of the way. All right. That's another game we're going to cover one day as well. I like that game. Number four. What is the difference between Magical Spot and Magical Spot 2? I don't think there's any differences there. Is it there's, just there's two differences? One of them will do you. Is it the colours? No. <clears throat> it's got a two in the title. <laughs> oh, no. And Magical Spot Two is easier. If you you, right. remember, you you've played Magical Spot and you've played it with me. Yeah. When you get to the second lot of levels, the little beasties that come down start off red and green. When you shoot them once, they go purple and white, and then you shoot them again, they go away. On the first magical spot, that's like it from the very beginning, not from level two. So level, so the number two is easier. So it is colours then, so I do get a point for that. No, you don't. Yeah, I do. I'll no. give myself a point for that. No. Number five. What is unusual about Crazy Balloon's controls? They're crazy. Have to hurry you. Crazy Balloon's controls? Just a... Just an eight-way stick, in it? No, it's four buttons. Is it? Yeah, four buttons. I disremembered that. So, what time of what type of game is Hustle from Gremlin? 
It's a 70s game. Is it kind of a snake? Snake game? It's a snack game. If you'd said snack, I'd have given you a bonus point. Yeah. Number seven. What is the single-player version of Firetruck called? Smokey Joe. Absolutely right. Yay! Number eight. Come on, let's keep on this roll. What control method does Kick use? Specifically, what control method does Kick use? Kick. Yeah. Spinner. No. <clears throat> it's a two-way trackball. It's like a spinner, but it's a trackball. I played it at Galloping Ghost. The guy, you're a little oh. little clown on a um, unicycle, and you've got to collect the balloons on your head and kick them. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. a two-way trackball. Wow. Number nine. What flies out of your plane when you die on Skyskipper? <laughs> I don't know. You. <clears throat> nope. Now that is nearly a good answer. You know why? Because yeah. you, the guy's name is Mister U in that game, but what actually flies out is loads of stars. Right. My God, it's full of stars. Yeah, Last and final question: Name one of the bad guys on Lock and Chase. Davy Hatman. No, I'll give you another chance. Davy Hatman. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. A policeman. He's a policeman or something. There's four policemen. What are their names? Inky. No. You've got a choice of Stiffy, (laughs) Smarty, Scaredy, or Silly. Now, let me count these up. One, two... That's really hard, that. Three out of ten. Pathetic. That's really hard. They weren't hard at all. Easy. Of course What's the matter with you? Right. You wait till next week. Oh, Hello. I think I've lost a question. Where's that got to? I think I've lost a question, Sean. Did I ask nine or ten? Don't know. Yeah, ten, I think. Oh, oh mate, mate, one up. Go on, I'll get it. What is the secret on the first level of Volfide? You're not going to get that. Uh, don't play it. No, Volfide's just... awesome. If you wait until around six hundred and twenty on the clock. You can trap the, the monster in the bottom right-hand corner in one go. It's really quick. You get a million points for it. Bosh. Wow. On June 1st... Three out of ten. The countdown starts at 99. When does the planet appear that you shoot on June 1st? What does the counter read? 625. 80. Oh, that was a guess. When it goes to 80... It comes out. Yeah, the planet comes out. Ooh, I remember that. Next time I play it. So... Very poor. Must try harder. Booger. Feature game review. We have... The wonderful Neo Drift Out, new technology, 1996 from Visco. It's MVS hardware, eight-way stick and two buttons. Really, it's a two-way stick and two buttons because you only use left and right. But because it's MVS hardware, I suppose they just kept with that. you got accelerate and brake. And information. This has been shamelessly copied from 
Summit from Main Info, I think. It's a rally-themed racing game viewed from an overhead isometric perspective. You can choose three cars, the Japanese rally rally cars. There's a Mitsubishi. Mitsubishi, Mitsubishi there's a Lancer. There is a, a Lancer. Su- it's made. It's made by Mitsubishi. That's it. Yeah, it is. There's a Subaru Impreza and a Toyota Celica. Celica is the default one, which is I, which is the one I choose. It is the fastest, but the control and the body of it is not as good. So you've got a short practice stage to start with. You've just got four turns. You I can do that in it. less than 12 seconds. Yeah, you're supposed to do it in about 10 and a half. Oh. <laughs> oh. And then you have six race stages, very short stages, really. And it's set in different locations all over the world. You're traveling. You're traveling in your alley car. Right, to get to the next stage, players must go past the finish line within a set time limit. If you don't do that, you get 20 seconds. You can get to a minus 20 seconds before the before it game's over. So it gives you a little bit of extra time. Like oh, pole position, okay. first level on pole position if you don't if you do not do it. So it's not, not completely cruel. And when you're racing, you see these on-screen arrows to advise, you know, which go left or right, you know, left or right, right, hard right, left, you know. That Rather kind of like the, the, um, the map guy or the map lady on a proper touring car race. They always have a guide, don't they? They're yeah. wingmen or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Hard yeah, left, 100 it. metres. Yeah, I think there's quite a few rally games that have that speech in. I think, does Sega Rally have it in? I believe so, yeah. Because when you, when you sort of watch it on the TV, there's always a guy sort of next to them telling them on the map where to go next because they're at such breakneck speed. They need to sort of have an idea where to, to steer. Yeah. Otherwise, they'll be like up a tree. Yeah, yeah. Which is where I was a lot in this game. Well, there's lots of skidding, skidding around corners. I, lo- I love the inertia on this game. Oh, inertia, not your favourite thing, is it? Mm. Ooh. Mm. You've got patches of ice, rocks, barrels, cones, ramps. There's also, you see drivers that to of other cars, you know you're doing well if a driver appears. Oh, okay. the game, the, the game throws another car at you if you're doing well. I've seen one so car once. <laughs> Many stages include shortcuts. So you've got the normal, the normal turnings are orange arrows. The shortcuts is a blue arrow, which is the correct way, or a, and the black arrow coming off it, which is the shortcut. So you go the black arrow way almost ev- well every time oh. to shave off. It. Shave off a bit of time. Oh. You didn't know that? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh-oh. The six stages, there you can do them all in, in between one and one and a half minutes, I think. European stage, African stage, uh, Snowland. Stop. The African stage uh, annoyed me a bit. Why? All the people have got spears in it. That is racist. Is it? Yeah. Everyone in Africa doesn't have a spear. I can, I can almost categorically say not everyone in Africa has got a spear. Everyone in this game has got spears. What's spears about? Well, this is the Visco, the Visco 1996 World Rally, and they to get onto the qualifying stage, you had to have a spear. Oh, the, is that the, in the rules? It's in the contract. Carry on. Yep. Stage three, Snowland. Asphalt stage with patches of snow. Southern Hemisphere is stage four. Rocky cliff-based things. There's bits of rocks in road. Don't like rocks in road. The side of the road, anyway. Scandinavian is the last, is the penultimate level, and Great Britain is the last level, which which is... It's racing around Hounslow, isn't it? It can be, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I didn't go that far, so maybe I'll never know that. I'll never know that. By by the time you get to stage six, it's very tight on time. You can't really make a, a mistake at all, really. Mm. How to play? I've put broom, screech, rrr, skids. With a Z. That's how you. That's how you play it. Or how I play it is bump, bang, wallop. I don't like this game. I'm turning it off. Yeah, bit of memorising the tracks. Mm. Tips and secrets to learn the tracks, of course. Use all the shortcuts, of course. There's one on level five, which Charlie Farr does use. But you go, if you don't break hard, you go smack into a wall at top speed. But he's decided to do that because it's quicker than slowing down and going around the corner. So you smack into the wall, you spin so, out. So you, you kill yourself and then keep going in the game. Yeah, you don't die in this game. You just keep going, don't you, until you run right. out of time. Yes, I know a lot, a lot about that. I've put, picking the default car, the Celica, gives you the highest top speed and so theoretically the best times. Uh, learn to corner like a boss to avoid those embarrassing speed down moments. It says speed down if you go on the grass and that lot. The speed down not on the screen all the time? <laughs> no. Oh. It, it oh. shouldn't be on at all if you're on a good time. It shouldn't oh. not come up at all. Oh. <laughs> Stay sh- Stay straight on those long straights. Obvious. Mm. That's quite easy to do. Keep out of the way of other cars. They are infrequent but annoying. Just like hiccups. You know you're doing well when you see more cars on the road being a pain. Sometimes you experience a slight bit of slowdown when there's cars. I've had it once where there was two cars and it slowed down quite a bit. That's a Neo Geo thing. Never, ever, ever use the brake. That thing's nasty. That's just like you're driving in real life. Yeah, oh yeah. Never take your foot off the gas, ever, or maybe once in level five sometimes. Well, even around Graphic- the massive corners like the U-bends, you don't take your foot no. off the gas. Really? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> graphics, I've put four. We are. I like the graphics on this. It's typical Neo Geo stuff. I quite like the music as well. I, yeah. like, I like the sounds of the, the car because it makes a sort of noise of that um, what's that filter thing called that all the boy racers have? Like a dump valve. Yeah, it's... This is popping noise when you're going quite quickly. Quite quickly. Cabinet art is the normal Neo Geo stuff, in it? You've got the... No cabinet art. You might get a little tiny marquee at the top, that's it. One of those little ones that go in the four-way marquees. Yeah. I think, do you get a move strip with it? I don't know. A moose strip. A move strip. I know you wouldn't with Neo Geo, would you? No. It would just be a little no. marquee and that's it. Because it tells you yeah. on screen how to play the game. Yeah. It's it, basically just, it basically just says, hold button down, waz round corners. Yeah, that's a good thing about Neo Geo, isn't it? The SNK Neo Geo. Because I think they, they must have had it. They must have said to all developers, you have to put an instruction screen with the joystick and the buttons. Yeah. Because every single game has it. I think it does, yeah. Ones I'm thinking of, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I don't know one that doesn't. Even stuff that's damn obvious like this has it. Anyway, trivia. This is some real true true life trivia. Okay. Racy David, David McRacer face, actually tried to replicate all six Neo, Geo, Neo, Neo Drift Out tracks at the Wollstone Man Golf Course in Essex. He got so far as stealing a bulldozer to make the courses, but then got arrested to death by some golf squirrels. Got to watch some golf squirrels. They yeah, got guns. Have they? Wow. And if... Uh, it's more trivia. If you hold down 
the down and play over one start at the beginning of the race, nothing happens. Nothing. I, I can confirm that. I tried that and it, it, that nothing mm. happens, happens. Nothing at all. And someone in the crowd at the starting flag obviously, obviously thinks you are a tosser. What? There's a graphic. A, a tosser for our American friends is a bit of an idiot. But there's a, a hand signal for it, which is this. Yes. You know, like you, you're, you know what it is, don't you? It's like you're and shaking a, guy, a bottle of pop. That's it. And there's a guy doing it at the beginning of some of the levels. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't notice that. I think he's supposed to be like cheering or something. Anyway, there's an antelope stroke deer stroke gazelle on stage two. I haven't seen him. Charlie Farr's seen him. He, he, he tries to run him over, but they're too fast. And they come out onto the track. Oh, we think it's we do think it's a gazelle, but we're not sure. Is that not just Charlie Farley? Just like imagining it. No, we said that, and he took a picture of it. He's got gazelles in the brain, that boy. He loves a good gazelle, he doesn't loves he? Gazelles, yeah, loves them. Yeah, yeah. Right, ports and sequels. Well, this is the, this is part of a series. This, first one was nineteen ninety one drift out. In drift out ninety four, the hard order mm. sounds like a Star Wars thing. Number three. Super Drift Out World Rally Championship. That's a, that's a Famicom game. And then there's this one, Neo Drift Out, new technology. And this game was also ported to the Neo Geo CD in 96 as well. So that's if you wanted to wait four hours for it to load. Yeah. So these games never came out on any... I suppose that the technology was too much for the computers of the day. So it didn't come out on the, the Commodore 64 or Spectrum. They wouldn't be able to handle it, would they? No, there's lots of scaling in it, and they as you yeah. as you speed up, it, it pans out. Yeah, it's quite clever. Some of the graphics, well, I quite like the look of the game. I quite yeah. like the sounds of the game. Quite like the idea of the game. It's just I wasn't very good at it, and the games didn't last very long at all. Sometimes not even past the first level. I thought a load of people would finish this, actually finish the game, but when uh, you look at it. No. Oh, I'm right there, at the very bottom. I'm, I'm right at the bottom with with four of my friends. So there's only five people finished it. Oh wow! So the four idiots at the bottom that got to retired level two was me, Andrew Hannay, Exploding Pinball Man, and Michael Tillander. Uh, Andrew Hannay says, "I do like a bit of drifting, but on Sega Rally, not this game." Uh, the Pinball Man who explodes a lot says, "Fun game, but Gallagher distracts me." And Michael Tillander says, give me a shmup. Give him a shmup, Sean. Chris Plus Plus also retired stage two. He's put oh, no he did, argument yeah. here. No argument here. It's definitely a game of this type. <laughs> and he is not wrong. Can't argue with that. Right, we've got retired. It's like retired, but styry. Yeah. Four people retired on stage three. Mark Watno Gravy, Mr. Trollnads. He couldn't be bothered with this one. Evoga and Matthew Bridge. Mark Watno Gravy says, well, this is a chore. Got to stage four. Couldn't be asked taking a photo at this stage. Got to stage four. Oh, so he's RS4 then? He is. Okay, we'll bump him up one. We will. Couldn't be asked to take a photo at this stage. May or may not come back to it. Might just come back in a fortnight. Uh, who else? Evoga. Not personally interested in this game at all, as it's more of a console game. That If they put guns on the cars, it would have been better. Yeah. And Matthew Bridges put, sorry, no pickers away on holiday, but I did get stage three retired. Honest, honest, gov. Uh, Sal Buglarissi got to stage four as well, and he's just gone, meh. Meh, didn't like it. Mm. Deadlock, four. Getting a little better up to stage four. Button mashing fun, four again. 
about three seconds away from completely level four. Always kind of like this offering from Visco. They did a nice job on it. Yeah, I could, I could say that. Mm. Jason Rayner retired stage four. I really like this game, but it's very hard. I've never actually played it before this score challenge, but it's definitely one of the better isometric driving games out there. It looks really nice and shows what the Neo Geo could do with sprite scaling. Yeah, it just slows down a bit. Michael Vortman, <laughs> RS4 again. This is so much fun, sliding through the turns and getting better every try. The Impreza is my favourite with its shiny gold rims. Great pick. Great pick. There's this sort of a, a mixed view on this game from the listeners. Right, Ben Granville, not a fan. Retired stage four. Paul Magaski, retired stage four as well. He really enjoyed this, but uh, I wish I could have put more time in. He prefers Mil Miglia, though. Thanks again for the PCB, Victor. I sent him a Mil Miglia because I got about four other things. Which is a similar game. Yeah, I think actually looking at it, it actually has a score. So maybe we should have chose that one. Oh, never mind. Instead of a time. Chris Mooncrest Bootleg is the last of the retired stage fours. Should have spent more time playing it, he said. Uh, Sol retired on stage five. I'm poo at this. Best I've done is stage five, which is a proper icy, painy ass. <laughs> Ed Horse, five. Really like these games. Millie Miglia next. Yep. Ian Collins, uh, stage six. Uh, not the best example of the genre, but if I could have afforded a Neo Geo in the 90s, I'd have been totally happy with this game. Wouldn't we all? He is Jimmy. He retired on stage six. So close to putting a complete st- score, but just couldn't pull, pull in the last couple of seconds. Great game. Poor man's Sega Rally in a good way. Yeah. Uh, Jason Barber retired on stage six. Great game. Thanks for picking this. Very addictive and great for a quick session. On the Great Britain stage, why do the crowd look like Maasai warriors? Maybe they just overused that graphic of the of the, the African tribes with the flipping spears. Yeah, I think mm. that was in the contract as well. A bit poor, that. Come over to London with your spears. Yeah. Mm. Andrew Driver, he got to stage six. Getting there slowly is but. Matt Neo MK retired on stage six as well. Finally made it to the last stage. Great game full of twists and turns. Love it. Will return. Right, these next five players are people that have finished it. So you get a time. So yeah. ZX Michael has finished it in 7 minutes 31 seconds. Sometimes found it very frustrating, other times I really enjoyed it. Soon discovered it's not one I can play when I'm tired, and my ability to memorise tracks isn't what it used to be. Nil 20 to 5, done a good job. 7 minutes 28 and 67 hundredths of a second. Great game choice, Sean Holly. I love this back in the day and still do now. Ooh, very nice. In third place is me, with 7 minutes 20 seconds and 17 hundredths. Uh, Pearl, one of our newer players, who's very good, 7 minutes 11 seconds, 55 hundredths. They had this at my arcade downtown, so my first credits were there. Use the Toyota Celica. And the winner, as ever, is Charlie Farr. 6 minutes, 59 seconds and 55 hundredths. He kept playing this to get under under 7 minutes. Did as well, just. The world record is 6.45. God knows how anyone's done that. Oh, wow. It's but quite an easy game to finish, no. but it gets you, but it gets you back to shave off that extra few seconds. Great also, little no. racer. Also, Great little racer. No, I can't agree. Right, so, summary and improvements. What do you think, Vic, on this? Well, to me, it seems like to be like most racers. If you fall off the track, you might as well just give up, as it slows you down too much, and you won't get to you know the, the checkpoint. Uh, I did fall into some slippery stuff, and that really does mean game over, when you just can't recover from that. 
So for me, meh, not a bad little game, but seems very, very short if you can't do the first tracks. Which sort of comes into yeah. the, the right balance of an arcade game. They reckon if you put if you get two minutes of gameplay out of your credit, it's about right. So if you're doing one to two stages, you are getting that two minutes out of it. Yeah. You can actually you, you can crash uh, crash out on the first four levels and still qualify. Oh really? You can crash crash once and bump into stuff. Yeah, but yes, I crashed it's... in a lot of time and made a lot of damage and killed lots of people. <laughs> so I'd probably be arrested before I got to the checkpoint. Right, I've put love the game, the handling, the sound and the graphics. One of the best examples of this this type of isometric racer. And one of the only games where it makes sense to input your high score initials before starting the game, because it gives you then then it gives you the times and it saves the times. Mm, not for it's, me. It it's, didn't. A, it's a very short game. More tracks may be reverse tracks may be turbo star advantage, like in Mario Kart games. That would be quite good, where you where you have to press the press the button at the right moment to get a boost. Yeah, that's always good in, in those racing games, isn't it? I would like a stupidly fast and lockable car on completing the game so you can buzz around like a nutter. And why not have a practice mode where you get a ghost car? You can keep, say, practicing level three and you get you get, you get get your ghost car that you can race against yourself. That would be cool. Yeah, because the idea of them ghost cars is to see where you went wrong so you don't do the same mistakes. Yeah. But I, I'm completely oblivious to any of that kind of thing and I will make the same mistakes over and over again until I kill myself in the car. Yeah. <laughs> I must have come out of that car and been a bloody heap on the floor every time I played it. Yeah, I'm surprised. I, it's, it's what I found quite easy, but obviously a lot of people didn't. At one point, when I was playing the game, an AA van came and picked me up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tutting. Oh, dear, you've done it now. Ian Cullen recommends World Rally from Jailco. G, not Jalco, Jailco. I always thought I was called it Galco. I could be then. Oh, I don't know. And obviously Millie Miglia. And I didn't purposely didn't play those two because it would throw me off my game playing this other one. So I'm oh, going to yeah, play them. Yeah. And me too. That's why, that's why I was playing so badly. Probably. Dick as you played these. Yeah. Yeah, I really like this game. I thought it was good, but very short. Uh, I... I... It's quite a well-made game. I didn't like the people with flipping spears in it. That just seemed ridiculous. And it, it's just too quick for me because I kept falling off the track and couldn't... But I'm like that with a lot of racing games. Maybe that's why I don't like them. Yeah. I can't keep me flipping car on the track. And seeing as I was never really into cars as a kid... You know, like, you know, a lot of kids have got like the Ferrari poster on the wall and... You know, into racing go-karts and stuff and get their licence at 17. I was never like that. So maybe that's why I don't like car racing games so much. Never yeah, I had, a, I had a Jet Set Willy map on my wall. No cars. Yeah. I had a couple of um, nerdy computer ones and Madonna and stuff like that. So, yeah, not a bad game, though. We'll, we'll let it off for its, uh, its, its bothersome things. And, and you liked it. Yeah. That yeah, was all right. It was all right, wasn't it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Next show's game. Next show's game is a listener pick, and I asked Sol on one of our WhatsApp groups if he could pick a game. I said to him, careful now, lad. Pick a good one. Otherwise, listeners will be after you. 
<laughs> well, he gave me a little list of things, and I suggested he should pick Rastan. Nice. It's developed by Taito. Uh, the ROM is just called Rastan, if you're playing on main. Three lives, medium difficulty, loads of extra lives, 100,000, 200,000, 400,000, 600,000, and 800,000. So potential for five extra lives there. No continues, obviously. Yes. Hmm. Submit your score on Twitter with hashtag 10pscore10pscore or on Facebook as a comment on our podcast post. Pictures, please. Or you can email Vic. What's your email? Vic, uh, uh, Vic at 10pence.co.uk. Uh, is it that? It says at the end um, of the podcast anyway. Professionals. <laughs> Deadline for score submissions is Tuesday the 30th of April. Oh, my goodness. At 5pm. UK, UK time. time. Yeah, I've played Rastan very, very briefly, lots of times. I've never really played it for very long. Uh, yeah. Loads of people love this game. They absolutely love it. I had it on the Spectrum. I don't think it was that good on the Spectrum. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to playing this one. Hack and Slash. I think it's super difficult, isn't it? But I don't know. We'll give, we'll give really it a go. We've really got far in it, so I'm, I'm looking forward to having a go of it. Nice. And until then... Get slashing and hacking, and I will talk to you in two weeks' time. Thanks for listening, and goodbye. Yes, thanks for listening, kids. Catch you next time. You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk. You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10pencearcade, and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. 